Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Thomas Wynn and Ryan Stewart from Pelly Pelly coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She is the publisher of SwankyMaven.com, Felice Sloan. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. Mm-hmm. I'm doing wonderful on this Manic Monday. Glad you're here. Oh, I can't say that, can I? No, you can say that. Okay. People people know that the, we don't record the show on the same okay. day that we it's like on its Thursday, publish the show. Manic Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you're on Manic Monday. They're listening to this on Thursday. It's, right. It's a little right space time. Right before the weekend. Yes, hey. <laughs> it's a little space-time thing that we do here on the show. All right, let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, High Hospitality, the Austin-based restaurant group behind Uchi. There's a big announcement. They are opening a location of Uchi Co. Uh, Uchi's slightly more casual sibling on Post Oak Boulevard in a new building that Zadok Jewelers is building where... Uh, it's, it's 1800 post Oak. It's where post Oak poker room was before that. It was, it was, it was the steak. It was, it was a number of steakhouses. It's the, uh, I'm it's, trying to think it, of the last it, one it was. Oh my gosh. What was it? Oh, that's embarrassing. It's like, a, it was very briefly Bob's chop house where I had a terrible, but it was like dinner. before that, like it was, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Someone's going to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in. I'm oh gonna my get god, I can't. That's we'll think of it after this. the show. It'll come to me later. <laughs> anyway, neither here nor there. I mean, Felice, you go to Austin on a pretty regular basis. When you when you choose, do you choose Uchi or Uchi Co? So here's the funny thing: I have never gone to Uchi Co because the one time that I was torn, right? Do I want Uchi Uchi Co? Like Uchi Co is more hearty. It's um, bigger flavors, all that. So I was thinking I wanted that, but I couldn't get in because they were, like, really, really busy. So I'm very excited that I have the choice. If I lived in Austin, I would go between the two for yeah, sure. So, yeah, so just to clarify, I talked to Brandon Watson, who is my counterpart for Culture Map Austin, and he said, you know, Uchiko, a little more casual, kind of a farmhouse aesthetic. Not less expensive, but maybe more approachable, uh, less of a focus on raw dishes, more grilled items. Like the, right. the one in Houston's going to have uh, a yakitori section of the menu that'll be pretty extensive. And also the big difference between Uchiko Houston and Uchiko Austin is that this will have a full mixed beverage license. So oh, that's in awesome. addition to Even wine, better. beer, and sake, they're going to have... They're, they're saying they're going to have a whole bunch of Japanese whiskey. And I, and I know that that's one of those things that every Japanese restaurant now says when they're getting ready to open and they're both difficult to obtain and expensive to consume. But I'm generally in favor of more places with more Japanese whiskey. I am too. I'm like, So to your point, yeah, that's why I'm excited because when I think of Uchi, right, I think of it's sushi, right? Like you're not going there. Well, if you do, you've made a mistake. If you if you don't really like sushi, 
probably not the place to go. Well, and even if you're not eating nigiri or sashimi, you're eating raw dishes like exactly. the hamachi chill or the right. machi cure. Right. I, I mean, I don't even... I mean, I, I guess if I really thought about it, I could think of some of the cooked dishes it's very, that you would I eat. I can't think of any. They have them, but they're not they're not known for them in the right. same way that they're known for their raw dishes. And it's probably like a couple, right? So I'm excited about, um, you know, the thing that they do with the the Japanese cuisine and just take it to the next level. So Uchiko is more of like a fusion of that where it probably will be... As we're saying, some sushi, but more of the the hearty dishes and the major flavors and all that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I, the other thing that I I thought that was interesting about this location is typically, you know, even as recently as a couple of years ago, there weren't very many sushi options in the kind of immediate Galleria area. Right. Uptown Sushi kind of had that to itself. Since then, Sozo Sushi at Boulevard Place is open, which I honestly have not have not been to. I've heard I've heard some good things, and then you know now there's Nobu in the Galleria, which right. is you know obviously very famous, very well known. Where do you? I mean, how do you kind of see that fitting in? I mean, is is I think it's a good because you know where I usually go for. Sushi on a regular MF sushi. Like, that's my... Oh, you like fancy sushi. I, Well, I mean, you know, I, I do like fancy sushi, but... I mean, my last meal at MF was 90 bucks by myself, so... Yeah, Not usually with, I can with say... one beer. I usually go with... Um, Shannon, I usually go. Okay. And then we usually get pretty much the whole menu. Like, we know... It's, so you're in for a solid two fifty for dinner. Yeah, for so that's why you need to go with someone that's a sushi eater. Yeah, like that loves sushi. So that's like my go to, like when I'm just, um, or Kai, Kai, and that's on. And uh, again, that's still not cheap sushi though, right? Um, so I think there's a good place for that. I think um, the Galleria area, where the places that you've named aren't cheap sushi either. Right. So it gives you kind of a um, a mix, a different option where you can get sushi and then you can get good Japanese cuisine. So I think that as many steakhouses and stuff that we have, there's definitely room for it. We could use a couple more, maybe about four or five more sushi places in the Gallup Korea area, if you ask me. You think uh, you think Uptown Sushi should be nervous about this? I don't think no, I don't think they should be nervous. I don't. I don't. It's um Uptown Sushi pulls has a loyal following. Yeah, they've been around for a really and they've long been a, time. you know, so you always know what you're gonna get. And then they're serving something different. So I don't think they should be nervous at all. All right. So we will look forward to that. Not until twenty twenty one. They have to build the building first right. before they can yeah, it's a long time. build the restaurant. Yeah, but, it's a long you know, time. We're away. gonna get it. Now, well, and then I mean, I'm sure are you hearing the same rumors that I'm hearing? Loro, their Asian smokehouse concept, I'm also coming. Fingers I, crossed. <laughs> uh, I think I I. So this is this is this little podcast exclusive. I saw Aaron Franklin at Southern Smoke, and they just announced Loro was coming to Dallas. They have not announced a Houston location, and so I saw and I said, "Hey, Aaron, when are we getting Loro in Houston?" And he goes, "Well." 
you didn't hear it from me, but we've got a location we're really excited about. Well, there you go. Exclusive. So breaking news. TBA. Yeah. I mean, that rumor is like circulating right. all over. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's hearing some things about that. But yeah, we're going to. So busy time for high hospitality and uh, an exciting time because it's really one of the one of the most successful restaurant groups in Austin. And, yeah. and Uchi's still, you know, very high profile, very busy, uh, very popular. So isn't that great? This why I always laugh when I think about Uchi. People are like, oh, it's not that busy anymore, is it? I'm like, no. No, there's still a line of people like, for that happy hour. There's still a line at happy hour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're still busy. So, you know, I'm not mad at it at all. All right. Topic number two. Uh, big new opening this week. Pinstripes. Uh, a Chicago-based concept that is an Italian-American restaurant. A bar, a bowling alley, and bocce. Uh, is opening at the Kirby Collection on Kirby between Richmond and West Alabama. 33,000 square feet. That is a lot of space. Uh, I was thinking about this. Like, the Rustic is 25,000 square feet. So Pinstripes is like a third bigger than the Rustic, which is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of of bowling. Yeah, I... I mean, so my first thought was that there's bowl and barrel in city center, which is kind of fancy bowling. And then there's, uh, what's that one downtown at, at Green Street? I don't even know if it's called Green Street anymore. Come to think, I of think it. it's called Green Street still, but the bowling place is called, we're just, it's not, is it Lucky Strike? That's it. Okay. Lucky Strike. That's it. You got it. There you go. All right. So, so we have a little bit of, so, but this, I mean, obviously Bocce's, a little bit novel. This promises to sort of elevate that. It's in it's near River Oaks. I don't know. I I I mean, obviously, I'm going to go. I want to check it out. But just first blush, what do you think? They have one in. Uh, they have they have Fort a couple Worth. in the Dallas area. Yeah, yeah, Fort Worth has one. Yeah. You know, um, first thought, everyone, <laughs> everyone has this concept of elevating the bowling alley, right? Like that's we've seen that. Um, some successful, some not. So when I first read about it and heard about it in Culture Map, I was like, oh, this is exciting because I'm a bowler, right? Like I love, clearly I like elevated experiences. So I was excited just about that, that it's going to be nice. Then I started thinking about if they could get the food right, right? Because that's what people are always, when I think about elevated bowling, you need to get the food right. It needs to be... Um, will I go here and just kind of hang out? Because 33,000 square feet, that's what they want me to do. Yeah, no, no, they have a 200-person ballroom. Right. They want you to have big events there. They want you to come in for dinner. They want you to bring, well, you don't have kids, but if you had kids, they would want you to do kids' birthday parties there and then come back for date night. Uh, And by the way, they they opened an Italian restaurant across the street from Carabas, which I think is, if nothing else, ballsy. I, you know... We'll the see how that, we'll see Carabas, how that, right? yeah right. yes the good Carabas. Right. yeah one of one of two right yeah so I'm just I I think that and I'm not even expecting it to be Carabas quality I mean if they could do it you like I said very ballsy but I just would if it's good and then you have all these other things that you just named they've knocked it out of the park especially where they're located 
Like, each area kind of has their thing. So, I think it's a good thing. I'm looking, I'm cheering for him. I'm hoping for him. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened to a mediocre Italian restaurant in a similar area when Brio opened up in the space that eventually became Saltair and is now currently empty. So, there's, you know... The food better be good. I mean, I that that's all I have to that's say. That's all I'm saying. But that's but that's any restaurant. Yeah. I mean, I did, you know, I read some reviews online of pinstripes in other cities. People do generally have good things to say about the food. They seem to enjoy the experience. The pictures look great. I mean, mm. they they obviously put a lot of thought into the design and creating the right atmosphere. So I'm I'm not a bowler. So so wait, when you said you're a bowler, do you yes. own your own ball? I was just going to say, I knew you were going to go there. I own two balls. I used to be on a bowling league for two years, and I haven't bowled in a while because that was like a thing when I was married. So I really hadn't, you know. So like, but, so like when you're warmed up, like what do you, what kind of score are you throwing? I mean, down? I'm not that good now. I mean, I may on the, my highest score is like a 150-ish. But, you know, that's pretty good. It's twice what I'm going to buy. Yeah, that's pretty good. So the next thing I was going to say, now, if these, if are they going to have bowling bowling or is it going to be like going to one of these places, the lanes are dry, it's it's just awful. So oh, I'm going to go taking my, I'm taking my balls when I go. <laughs> that sounded really, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take my bowling balls with me to see what they're working with. Yeah, that sounds I, better. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need you're gonna be my bowling expert <laughs> on whether the lanes are properly maintained. Yes. But yeah, so we'll see. I I mean, you know, I know I know we say that a lot on this show. We'll we'll see how things shake out, but I am I am certainly intrigued. And then finally, topic number three Uber Eats has a new partnership with Rachel Ray. She has a new cookbook out. You can get some of her favorite recipes like buffalo pulled chicken chili with smoked blue ranch sauce, tahini Caesar salad with za'atar croutons, Sicilian orange and fennel salad with oregano. Oh, and they, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tahini Caesar salad with za'atar croutons, Sicilian orange and fennel salad with oregano and her big smack cheeseburger. I, I have to say, I put this on Houston Foodie Friends, the Facebook group, and there was a resounding thumbs down from people. They are not, I, I feel like Rachel Ray is very popular. She's cool. You know, she always comes to South by Southwest. She throws that big party every year. People kind of like her. You're making, you're you, making, you're making skeptical faces. Yeah. What did I just do when you first, when you led into the story, what did I do? Yeah, I gave big you a big thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah. I, all those things. I think Rachel Ray is cutest button. I think um, I like her. I have one of her cookbooks. I'm not excited about getting her food on Uber Eats. I mean, that's if she had a restaurant. It, it's right. it's, if she it's gimmicky. A re- if she were here. Right. It's it's a gimmick. It's as gimmicky. It's to sell some cookbooks. I think it's cheesy. And I think she played herself. That's, that's me. Now, if someone tells me, oh, my gosh, Felice, you are so wrong. The food is so good. I stand corrected. You haven't lived until you've had a big smack cheeseburger. Right. If they say that, girl, you better call Uber Eats and get that. Then I'm like, okay. But right now, it's a it's a big old fat no for me. Yeah, I guess that, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it in those terms. 
that there's a difference. If she had a pop-up where she were in a restaurant and you could see her and she were here for a couple of weeks, I think that would be sold out. It would be sold out. Think so fast. It would. But some commercial kitchen somewhere making it, driving it to you. I mean, I I am a regular Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub user. I mean, that's... But I recognize that the quality is not the same after riding in a car for 15 or 20 minutes than it would be if it if it were fresh at a restaurant. I, right. I describe it as the cover version of a restaurant's food. Exactly. So that she would... I don't know who her team is that they would advise her that these this is a good idea, but most people are like that's so cheesy. So I just don't think it's they were going on. Oh my god, people like her. It's no, you have people that are much more sophisticated diners and food people now, and they're just like, are you serious? I can go. I would rather her have made made some stuff up. Go to a kitchen, sell some stuff. In the grocery store, in the frozen food section, and put a book book coupon on there and call it a day. I'm not getting it. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's good enough for me. That does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Police, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk about the Annie Cafe. I had Sam Governale, Ben Berg, and Robert Del Grande on the show last week. They have teamed up to reimagine Cafe Annie by any measure, an iconic Houston restaurant. Robert Del Grande, the first chef in Houston to win a James Beard Award. But 38 years is a long time in the restaurant. 38 years is a long time by any stretch. Yes. It's especially a long time in the restaurant business. It was time for a change. Ben and Sam have been responsible for making some of those changes. Let me just start kind of at the beginning. What's your relationship with Cafe Annie before it became the Annie Cafe? I was just having this conversation with someone. They're like, that sounds familiar. I'm like, remember back in the day, it was the place to go eat. Like, if oh, you had in the eighties and nineties, it right. was, it was on that short list of maybe the four or five very best restaurants in Houston. Exactly. So you have people come in town, you want to take them there, um, you know, birthdays, holidays, or you would go eat there, right? But then you have the times where you're just hanging out. And then, you know, hanging that bar was always, like, jumping. It just always had good energy, hot guys, hot girls. It was just, like, the place to be. Yeah, when they, when they relocated from the corner of Post Oak and San Felipe to the their current location on a little farther down Post Oak Boulevard, and they opened as RDG Bar Annie. That Bar Annie vibe, that was the hot spot for, hot spot. you know, for a year, give or take. And I think it kind of, it cooled off. It had become, you know, it, it, has a, it has a stable group of regulars. But I think like a lot of restaurants, it's hard to stay relevant. And, you know, I, I think of that restaurant and I, I said this last week, I, you know, I think of that restaurant as a place that my parents went without us when we were like, they took us to nice restaurants growing up, but cafe Annie wasn't one of them. If they were going to cafe Annie, it was just the two of them. And so now as a, as a food writer, as an adult, I've, I've met Robert you know, I've formed my own kind of, you know, I celebrated my 40th birthday at Cafe Annie, et cetera, et cetera. 
but I, I do think it was time for a fresh perspective to kind of get the restaurant to that phase where it, it connects with the younger diners who are not, they're not going there because they can't afford it, right? They're spending a ton of money at MF Sushi, at Steak 48, at La Coloniale, et cetera, et cetera. They just don't, it just doesn't feel relevant to them. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, as you said, a lot of restaurants that are iconic, not just in Houston, other places, they suffer from that because it's kind of, here's our regulars, this is what we've done, we've done it so well, and how do we change but still be true to the food and and to ourselves and what we stand for. And that's hard to do. So I think um, what's happening now, I'm cheering for them because the team, you know, you have a good team that's they're doing it in other places. They're able to do it and keep the, the elegance, the relevancy to um, diners that have their old diners and new diners. So um, I, I'm excited. I mean, I've, the menu, it's very approachable, but still, it still feels sophisticated with a better price point. Right, right. And, and I mean, they've, you know, Sam Governale ran Fleming's for a long time, opened Emmeline a couple of years ago. That's been, you know, an evolving concept, but, but uh, a place that, that's carved out its niche in its neighborhood. And obviously Ben started B&B Butcher's. You know, every time we talk about we don't need another steakhouse, but he put he put a great spin on it, super classic, very New York, and it's been a huge hit for him. Goes on to BB Lemon, which we both really like. Yeah. Uh BB Italia, which I think is a kind of smart, casual neighborhood Italian restaurant. So I mean, yes, I think they understand what they need to do. And then we're going to yeah. I I mean I I went with a group of uh, four friends mm-hmm. and I feel like we had just a ton of great choices all up and down the menu. No, I do too. I went, I went solo and um, of course I still sampled all over the menu. Right. You, you ate like you were four people. I ate like I was four people. And um, I think like some of the things where freshing up like those daily specials, their daily specials that is very competitive with what some of the other restaurants that are hot are doing. And, you know, I'm just looking at, I'm like, okay, as you were saying, there's a prime rib night and there's a fried chicken and um, scratch biscuits and the chicken fried steak. Like, that's solid. People like that. Even if they're like, oh, I don't know what I want to, they'll get buzzed with just that, right? right? Um, Then they have some classics on the menu, like the chicken tortilla soup which I was excited to see. Um, right. Coffee-crusted filet, wood-grilled yes. rabbit. Those are those are cafe right. staples. There would be, well, maybe not rioting, but there would be discord if those disappeared. If they so they're the still menu. there. Right. But then there's some new, you know, then there's the newer dishes. Um, I also, I did went with the um, salmon because I wanted to tr- have that. Because Robert does this, his fusions. Like, he's so classic for, like, his fusions are just so amazing and they had this um it was served on a bed of black lentil stew i'm like okay oh yes to all of that you know <laughs> yes yeah. to all that and it, it was amazing so i think 
just the food. For me, the exciting part, he's amazing at what he does. And for a new generation to be able to um, fall in love with his food and what he's doing, it's ex- I think it's exciting, and I'm, I'm really cheering for them. Yeah, and I had that uh, Lumache pasta with the shrimp sausage. Oh, yeah. Just flavorful, <laughs> hearty, satisfying. And then we split the long bone ribeye, and instead of just serving like a big hunk of steak on a plate, they give it like some Mexican flavor. They, you know, they top it with cilantro and pickled red onions and a little uh, queso fresco. It It's a beautiful presentation. You know, meat cooked beautifully, of course, goes without saying. You know, a smart kind of Texas twist on a very familiar dish. And, you know, that, that kind of plating, that like, oh, you know, this is going to look really good on Instagram. Like all of that, you know, and they have good lighting. We say Instagram, the lighting in there is just, it's not like highlights. Like the lights are just high and too bright, but it's not like dark with the steakhouse. It's very bright and inviting in there. So the pictures look amazing. And you look amazing because there's good lights. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that whole renovation with the, that big oval bar, that that whole, the way they've reapportioned the space, I just think it's a, it's smart. I think it looks great looks amazing and yeah. then we can't miss the outside area that that um patio area which i guess we'll call the patio even it's up you're overlooking the city yeah like you're overlooking background. post oak boulevard it's beautiful i it's mean wonderful. eventually you'll be able to use that as like a launching pad for water balloons for those people in the bus lane <laughs> see i was i was thinking too small yeah. i was thinking way too small yeah yeah like with a slingshot or some <laughs> right, sort of uh right. super soaker situation no <laughs> just me i'm the only one who thinks about that stuff okay so you'll go back. I will go back, definitely. And not just for a special occasion. No. So, and that's, like I said, it's very approachable. I'll go back, have drinks at the bar, um, grab some apps, and if I'm, like, solo, or take some friends. I think it's it's good. It's a great menu. Yeah. All right. So, Felice, before you get out of here, what's going on on Swanky Maven? You know, we just finished the um, barbecue and brews um, crawl, and it was amazing. I just am trying to... And to get ready for the end of the year, Oxtail Mashup is coming up in November, judging that. So, folks, head to their website, get your tickets. Amazing, amazing. I may be giving away tickets as well. So you may want to follow me at Swanky Maven. All right. Thank, Felice, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. All Good right. Again. I will be right back with Thomas Wynn and Ryan Stewart. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? I'm joined this week by Thomas Wynn, the co-founder of Peli Peli, and Ryan Stewart, their executive chef. Gentlemen, let me introduce you individually so people can hear your voices. Thomas, welcome back to the show. How it's been about a, it's been about a hundred episodes since you were here. <laughs> I'd like to uh, think that I helped you start this. Right, it's, it was a long time ago. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, man. Thanks for being <laughs> here, Ryan. Your first time. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. Good. Good. Thanks for being here. Uh, I think Thomas, this is a good this that the introduction of Ryan is kind of a good a good place to start. How did how did he come to be involved with Peli Peli? So Ryan actually um he found us. We got lucky and he found us. He, Ryan is a well known restaurateur in uh South Africa. He still has sixteen, is that right? Sixteen. 16. Uh Mozambique locations in Johannesburg, Pretoria, and Durban. He wanted to uh 
he wanted to go after the American dream. He wanted to move his, uh, he has two beautiful kids, Cameron uh, and Connor, and he wanted to raise them in, in America. And actually found us on a magazine and reached out. And as luck would have it, uh, one of uh, Chef Paul's contacts, actually Facebook friends, and, 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 and linked us up. And uh, we, we went over to South Africa uh, on one of our trips and, and met with Ryan and his family. Him and his father actually came over to visit us. And, um, you know, Ryan just has a passion for food. Uh, we obviously have been around for 10 years looking for um, fresh blood. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a per- perfect fit. I mean, actually, Ryan's my next-door neighbor uh, today in Cinco Ranch. So uh, mm. we're very much integrated in each other's lives. Um, his kids call me uncle. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. So that's kind of short story of how we met. And, um, he's been here for about a year, right? Yep. Yeah. So Ryan, let me, let me just sort of flip that question back at you. What, what about Peli Peli and what about Houston made that seem like the right fit for you? I mean, cause you could have, I mean, you wanted to come to America, but it's a big country, right? You could have, you could have come to a lot of places. So sort of why Houston and why Peli Peli? Well, uh, originally I was first uh, exploring California. California was going to be my, my go-to with the restaurants. Uh, and then looking into, you know, when I met uh, Paul on, on social media and decided to come in and have a look at a Houston, um, I flew in, had a look, fell in love with Houston because it's very similar and diverse with, you know, South Africa, what South Africa is all about. And uh, I loved what they were doing, you know, with the South African food. And I, I believe that I could have brought, I could bring um, some newer, fresher ideas to to the table. Yeah. So what what was your assessment? I mean, I I don't know that much about South African food, but it it, it seemed to me that maybe Peli Peli wasn't that South African, really. What would I mean? What was your assessment of kind of where its cuisine was and and what direction? Yeah. Why don't we start with that? Like when you when you went to Peli Peli for the first time, like. What did you think? Well, I mean, it, it was a wow. I mean, I enjoyed the food. I just thought that, we, you know, we could have highlighted a little bit more on the spices that we have, uh, a little bit more uh, authentic uh, cuisines that we do have. I mean, we've got a lot of influence from the Portuguese that is missing. Uh, we have a lot of influence from the Indian, which is missing. And I enjoy bringing all that together. Yeah, so, Thomas, let me let me come back to you. I mean, you... Obviously, one of your founders was Paul Friedman, who was the the chef. He was very prominently associated with Peli Peli. He's not the chef. Ryan's obviously the chef now. How did you and your partners kind of come to that decision to to maybe transition Paul away and and bring Ryan into a, a more a larger role? Right. So let's go back to kind of like what you mentioned earlier. You know, we've been around for ten years. We opened in two thousand nine. And I think the market's changed quite a bit. And you're right. A lot of South Africans come to our restaurant. And remember, Peli Peli is about bringing the flavors of South Africa to the mainstream. So admittedly, a small portion of our menu was authentic South African, probably less than 20%, because we were trying to get people excited and interested in a new, potentially new food category. So after 10 years for us, and, and keep in mind, Paul is still a partner in Peli Peli. But after 10 years, as every, as you, you know, in this industry, we're always looking to evolve. How do we how do we improve what we built? How do we get better? I can't possibly continue trying to sell um, South African when I think that the population is 
getting more excited, educated, adventurous, whatever word you want to call it, I think it is time to get a little bit more authentic. I think it is time to follow some of the trends in making things from scratch, fresher ingredients. And so, you know, I thought it was a good point after 10 years to try to evolve a bit and in, 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 in trying to get things that people, people care about what they put in their body a whole lot more. Obviously, I'd like to go to more 40%, 50% of our menu being authentic as opposed to 20. Because I think we have a customer base of 10 years that is thirsting for that now. You know, they're wanting more authentic items. And, and Ryan's coming from a, a great position to do that. Right. You don't have to explain what Babuti is anymore. <laughs> right. 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 We, right. We, we figured that part out. So, so Ryan, what are some of the, what are some of the dishes that you have introduced that that kind of bring that contemporary South African perspective to what you're doing at Peli Peli? So, uh, you know, the first idea was uh, to to look at the menu again, was to see what was selling, what was not selling, work on data, um, and then start introducing some other elements like uh, seafood. Uh, we specialize a lot in South Africa with seafood. Um, we looked at seeing how we could take the popular dishes, make it more authentic using more um, traditional spices. Uh, my peri-peri that we brought in, which is uh, very authentic. And uh, we started the foundation there. Now we're trying to, to make sure that we replicate the same model to each location. And uh, from there, hopefully in the new year, I'm going to have a lot more exciting and more to offer uh, to the menu. I mean, Thomas, you're you're very much on the front lines of the customer interaction, very active on social media. What are you hearing from people about the new dishes that that Ryan has introduced, and and are you getting pushback on anything that's that's? I mean, you you changed the plating of the right. uh, the espatada, you know, kind of a signature dish for you guys. I mean, are you getting pushback on some of those changes, or are people? How are people responding? I mean, you for the most part, overwhelmingly positive. You now you have a lot of people that. They walked in one day and the espatada used to have garlic butter drizzling down on top. The next day it comes in a, a, in a dipping uh, a ramekin. We may change that back. You know, we're trying to listen to what the public is saying. Um, one thing that everyone's in agreement on is the appreciation for the dropping of the, the lowering of the price point. You know, with Ryan being able to make everything from scratch, we're able to lower some of our prices organically um, to give people the same dish or same experience at a lower price point. So that's one thing. Everyone is excited about. Um, I think for us, like the element of the sauces, we're, we're still fine-tuning. Um, people just love uh, when sauce drips down on from the top and bottom, especially if they've been used it for 10 years. And so one of the things, we did remove that by w- making our own uh, skewers. We may, uh, we're in the process of putting that back, you know, because we're listening to our customers and they're saying, look, Thomas, I, I get that I get to dip my sauce, but I don't know, man, it's just visually the... It just seemed more appealing. And so I don't want to fight that. I want to give customers what they're looking for. And so uh, if that's one of the tweaks that we can do to have them appreciate some of the changes, and so be it. Yeah, I mean, so, Ryan, you, you just opened the location in the Woodlands. That's uh, your your first new Peli Peli. Correct, yeah. How's that going? I mean, how, how, do you, how do you feel like you're being received in your new neighborhood? Well, I think it's been very positive. Um, you know, we you know when I arrived... In the Peli Peli, it was it was great to have actually uh, great chefs uh, within in the Peli Peli group. So it's been great actually having um, Macy help us with uh, with actually coming up with the menu. 
I had her a lot. Uh, you know, she was involved with us quite a bit with uh, the new menu. So I think with her there and the, and the great team that we have in place there, I think it's, uh, it's a good show. It's doing well. I don't know. I, I heard that location's cursed. You, uh... <laughs> I heard it's cursed as well. I think it was, uh, was it Rockfish and then Miko Sina? I think that's right. Um, I'd like to think third time's a charm. You know, uh, so far, so good. Uh, we've had a great response from the community. Uh, it seems like everyone's stopped by to say hi, show support. I think Woodlands has been looking for uh, independent locations from the city, give it a little bit more uh, options out there. And um, I think the foodie group seem to appreciate what we're trying to do. The sales have been there. They've been consistent. So um, it remains to be seen if we can break that curse. But hopefully third time's a charm, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then what's the plan for... Do, do all of the do all four of your locations have Ryan's new menu yet or, or what's the what's the process for that? Uh, great question. Uh, so Katie actually uh, will get it starting this weekend. Yeah. 24th. 24th. Uh, and then uh, gallery will have it the following month, I think, mm. on uh, uh, November. November. Yeah. Yeah. And so by the end of November, before Thanksgiving, all locations will have the same menu. They already all have been implemented with a brand new liquor, beer, and wine uh, list, which also reflects the changes that we're trying to make on the food side. L lower, more approachable pricing, uh, better uh, options in terms of South African wines, as opposed to, in, in addition, non-South African wines. We, we, we were predominantly South African before. Uh, we're listening to our, our, our fan base. They, 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 they like the South African, but they also want some variety that they're used to as well. So we added that. And then let's let's talk about Peli Peli Kitchen too, because I think the the location of the Whole Foods, I guess, closed, right? Right. Well, so we reached an agreement with them to have the space taken back. So I don't know if uh, I don't know how public this is, but they're closing all their uh, three six five and they're converting them to a Whole Foods. So depending on where you live and how you look at Whole Foods, it's a a, a good thing. Um, they are. They needed to take over the two restaurant spaces in there, so they took. We reached an agreement to take those back, so they convert them to uh, as part of their Whole Foods revamp. So, I don't know what that looks like, uh, but for us, the, you know, the time being, it was really great in terms of the exposure. Certainly, we learned a lot in in operating within a uh, hypermarket like that, um, and. The Whole Foods team from Austin was amazing to work with, so I definitely would be open to this second opportunity. Well, and, and I, I think it was probably good for the, the restaurant because they, they kind of dictated the quality of ingredients that you could use, and I, I think that, that probably... That was frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it frustrating? Oh, man, it was like uh, everything had to go through them, so it was, uh, it was challenging at times. So, so talk to me about where you're at with Peli Peli Kitchen now. I mean, Thomas, I know you ate, you ate there every day for 30 days to kind of illustrate that that was a reasonable thing to do. But, but I mean, Ryan, from your perspective, kind of where, how do you see Peli Peli Kitchen fitting in with Peli Peli? And, and what are some of the things you've done to kind of tweak that menu too? Well, we, we, we brought in chicken. Um, you know, Thomas has always wanted chicken as a highlight with the peri-peri peri, peri, yeah. peri, peri chicken. So I brought that in. Um, as in Peli Peli, as uh, Peli Peli Kitchen going forward, I mean, I've got great ideas that I want to go. Obviously, being in Houston now, knowing what the palates and what people are wanting and hearing, um, I think, uh, you know, next year, January, I think people should be getting excited because we've got some really good things going to come out. 
Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things you've learned about what Houstonians like uh, since you've been here for a year now? They don't like change. That's one <laughs> thing uh, I have realized. Um, but I mean, like Thomas was saying, you know, everyone is now, you know, they want to know more about uh, the, 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 the taste of South Africa and they want to know more. So like you were saying, you know, where people are now more open to it, yeah. it's, it's been receiving like that and it's been great. It's been really great. I mean, so, I mean, obviously you've, you've grown, you've grown Pele Pele over the years. I mean, Thomas, do you see Pele Pele Kitchen growing? Are you, are you looking for more locations or wh- where's your future? Uh, you know, we used to think that our future growth was just Pelly Pelly Kitchen, but, uh, you know, from the success of the Woodlands, you know, never say never in terms of adding more Pelly Pellys. I would like to, our number one goal at this point is to expand Pelly Pelly Kitchen. Uh, there will be additional Pelly Pellys as we have the opportunity to scale to other cities. I still would like to go back to Austin um, and, you know, develop into a regional favorite. We've, we talk all the time about a lot of restaurants from Dallas and Austin coming to Houston um, we'd like to be one of the restaurants from Houston that, that are able to expand to other cities because I think we bring a certain flavor that represents uh, Houston well. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's very it's very rare for a Houston restaurant mm-hmm. to go to another city. And, and I, I I would be curious to hear your take on this. I think to a certain extent it's because if you're, if you're in Houston and you open in Clear Lake and Sugar Land and Katy and the Woodlands, it's like they, they don't encroach on each other. Right. They don't they so you can you can be you can have five locations across the Houston area that appeal to five totally different customer bases. And so you don't have to go to Austin or Dallas or whatever. I, I agree with that. But I also think that, I mean, in terms of Austin and, and Dallas represent different opportunities for us, uh, it allows us uh, eventually we want to be a household name, first and foremost, in Texas. Um, and so you know, eventually we're going to want to be able to spread our wings and, and see, you know, if we can eventually take this national. I mean, I, that used to be a big goal of mine for now. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited just to become a, a Houston favorite and then a Texas favorite. Beyond that is out of my control. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Are there restaurants you look to that kind of inspire you that, that you think you want to sort of imitate their growth path? I learned from, I mean, the beauty of being in Houston is you get to, you're inspired by everybody. I mean, I, I don't see how you can't be inspired by what Papa does has done in the city. Uh, you know, for me, my wife and I still go there from time to time. I mean, their, their systems, their processes are second to none. Their training program, amazing. The consistency that they've been able to build. Um, you know, for me, looking at other concepts that have been able to scale out and, and retain that, that uh, kind of, that community interaction snooze is one uh we are friends with the the founders and you know torchies is another you know they've been able to scale out and and they're technically corporate but if you go into any of their stores um i, I still think you feel the identity of the store the passion behind the food their their employees there's a there's a feeling there and, and that's hard to replicate you know for us it's a day in day out challenge i'd like to follow their footpath yeah well i mean snooze or you know we've had I've had people from Sweet Green and Mendocino Farms on in the past uh, couple of months. I mean, you know, all those restaurants got like big injections right. of venture capital money that that kind of fueled all that. I mean, are you are you looking for that? Is that is that kind of the goal? Or uh... well, we're not looking for that right now. But what I would want from them is is how they've been able to maintain uh, some sense of identity, mm-hmm. and, and and even though they've gotten that injection, right? I mean, I, Snooze got a massive private equity injection, but I don't think 
I don't. I personally don't feel that when I eat at their restaurants. I still feel like they have a soul that they're they're doing things the way that they want to. Now maybe that's a lie, but they've been able to communicate that pretty well, uh, at least uh, in my point of view. Yeah, I. I mean, the <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how anybody's that cheerful that early in the morning, <laughs> but they seem to do a pretty good job of it. Ryan, what about? I mean, what do you? You've been here for a year. I mean, what do you? You're going to ask me, Eric, uh, what restaurants I've been to? No. I, and, I, and I'm going to lie to you. I'm going to say I don't really get out much because these guys don't really He likes August, though. He loves I love August. Yeah. Yeah. August is a very solid answer. No, yeah. I was going to ask you kind of how you see your future with the company. I mean, you've, you've been here for a year. Is this, you know, Thomas just articulated some pretty, some pretty big plans. Do you... Do you see yourself as a part of that? or uh, just... Definitely. I mean, in South Africa, I have a, a group of restaurants, like Thomas was saying. We've got 16 locations already. So expanding is part of my, my vision and my dream. I mean, I, I want to make sure that we can open multiple locations. And that's what I specialize in. Very good. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, Thomas, that kind of brings me to the end of my questions. What's... Uh... What 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 should we what should we what else do you want to talk about or or otherwise I'll I'll move to the lightning round and start uh, and start pestering you with with my silly questions. Uh, you know, for us, I just want to take this opportunity to thank our our fans. Um, you know, it's it's funny to think that we've been around for ten years. A lot of people think we've only been around since we opened Galleria, which is four years ago. But uh, man, I I've been grinding out this experience since two thousand nine, and, and you know, we met back then. It hasn't always been easy still not uh it seems to be more competitive every year but uh just thankful that we're still around still cranking out things that people care about and and really appreciate a lot of the customers that still to this day um eat at our restaurants when we were open woodlands uh there we met a lot of people that have been eating there since day one so appreciate that you know there is there is one thing that i i did want to ask you about because the woodlands location looks very different from the vintage park and the galleria locations you moved away a little bit from some of the more explicit religious imagery that had been kind of part of the brand. And, and I think um, maybe a big part of Paul's personality. Right. How do you, how do you sort of feel about like where you're, where you are design wise? Cause it's, it's a little cleaner. It's a little simpler. You know, to your, to your point, I think you've mentioned this before, you know, the, 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 the first 10 years were amazing. And, and the way Peli Peli we positioned ourselves was uh, there was a lot of, lot of theatrics a lot of kind of sizzle there and i think for the next 10 years we want to focus more i want people to appreciate us for the food you know i want people to appreciate what we bring to the table and i know that's not an easy ask but i think in terms of our decor and our design uh i think being a little bit more understated is is a good thing you know um it is an ode to our south african roots that is how a lot of restaurants and buildings look in franchuk uh or stellenbosch uh, our Cape Dutch architecture. So that is, is even though it looks cleaner, it is actually more South African than some of the other locations look. Um, but for us, I want people to get excited about the food. I don't want people to think we're all sizzle anymore. Like I want people to feel like there's actually substance behind that. No, I mean, I, I think it's a great answer. Thanks, man. <laughs> all right, let me, uh, let me transition to the lightning round. Um, I don't think he's ready for that. Don't, don't. <laughs> Don't give me lightning around. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh man, Ryan Stewart, uh, what is the uh, what is the uh, what is your favorite cookbook? My favorite cookbook. Yes. Wow, man, that's like out of the box. 
It's like a pretty logical question to ask a chef. <laughs> What's the last cookbook you bought? I think it was in South Africa. And it wasn't in English, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was an Afrikaans one by, um, for the life of me, I can't remember his name, but it's an Afrikaans, well-known well Afrikaans uh, cook. And he used to go, lacquer, was a cracker. <laughs> that was, <laughs> and he had some great, uh, you know, meals that he used to cook with wines, different types of South African wines. So I'll, 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 I'll send it your way. All right, very good, <laughs> Thomas. I, do you cook? Do you do you have a favorite cookbook? I, I have yeah. a cool cookbook I just got from uh, Eric Silverstein from Austin. He owns Peach Tortilla, and it's a it's an amazing, amazing cookbook. I'm I'm trying to learn how to cook. I, I, I Thomas think there's a, a good mystery. pork chop. Yeah, and, and cauliflower rice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can probably cook like three things. It's it's I feel kind of stupid that I'm in the industry and I can't cook. Right. I'm trying to learn. Uh, so that's I just got that cookbook from him. So All we'll right. see what happens. Ryan, what's the first band you ever saw in concert? Oh, man. I've got like, you're asking me questions, and I'm like, I'm realizing I actually <laughs> had a boring life. Um, Lincoln Park, funny enough. That's a good answer. I, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, have you developed a fast food guilty pleasure? A restaurant, it has to come from a restaurant with a drive thru. Okay. Uh, Chick fil A. I have to say Chick fil A. It's been really good. All right. Hey, you don't take me out much, so I'm forced to go to the next best thing, you know? Uh, and then I always ask people who their favorite Houston sports figure is. Have you been in Houston long enough to develop a favorite athlete? Well, the first thing was uh, the Texans. I went to go see some uh, games, especially with the son. Uh, he loves it. So it's definitely uh, Watts, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah. Uh, Watson, Deshaun yeah. Watson. Mm -hmm. All right. And then finally, when you go, when, you, when you're ordering pizza from a pizzeria for the first time, what's your go-to order? What, what toppings do you get? Oh, mushroom and ham. Definitely. Mushroom and ham. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas, what don't, about you? Don't, don't, uh, I need I need peppers on there uh, and uh, sausage and uh, pepperoni. I'm a meat lover. All right. Mm. Thomas, give us the uh, the website and the social media for Pelly Pelly. Website is www.pellypelly.com and then www.pellypellykitchen.com. You can find us on Instagram at Pelly Pelly Houston and Pelly Pelly Kitchen. Very good. Gentlemen, thanks for being here. Thanks, no, thank Eric, you. for having us. All right. Thank you. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. This is your periodic reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. As always, I appreciate your ratings and comments, but like Katie Nolan says, only if they're five stars and only if they're nice. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.